tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. So excited to be back in the saddle with me amigos. The man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? Dude, Let me. I was on the Patreon last night, and someone goes, dude, we don't smoke the same. It's very funny. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. The thank streets you. are talking about your show. We don't smoke the same. Tell weird. us about it. We just had an episode where some guy got stabbed. It wasn't really funny. It, it wasn't was, funny? It was crazy, though. My homie got stabbed in L.A. on a random bus ride. People don't think it's real. That homeless shit is getting out of hand. Yeah, it is getting out of hand, dude. I think it will be cleaned up by the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, they're going to come in and round up everybody. So when everybody comes here, it's going to be fucking nuts. It's going to be think nuts. about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. They're going to have to clean this place up. They're going to. You're going to see everything gone. Over there on the ones and two by the silver robot guy, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. What's happening? Same Johnny, way. how are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, everything working out for you? Can't complain. Yeah. Beautiful LA 72 and sunny. You know, I love it, Johnny. I love life. it. I love it. Living the life. Living love. Vita Loca. That's living what I love. Living crazy life. Yeah. Johnny, you are killing it in all these shows. You got Broken <laughs> Simulation. You got Tinfoil Hat. And you got the GOAT, the greatest of all time, on Rockfin. Rockfin. R-O-K-F-I-N slash greatest than R-O-K-F-I-N slash Broken Simulation. Check it out. Uh, we just did a broken simulation last week. We're about to do another one. Another one. Another, another one. one. Another one. <laughs> another DJ Khaled one. now or what? Yeah. <laughs> DJ Khaled. So, yeah, go check it out. Rockfin. R-O-K-F-I-N dot com. Guys, I, might, I have a show this weekend in Illinois, in Lombard, Illinois. And the first show is sold out. The second show is tickets are moving. Go grab them. 930 show. It's going to be really great. Super excited. Oh, guess what? Local celebrities are supposed to be showing up. So hopefully you guys will be come and, and join me. I'm so blessed to even be able to do this at this age. So I love you all so much. And thank you for the support. If you want to see me live, all my dates are at samtriply.com. I'm telling you, man, samtriply.com has got everything you want. You don't have to go anywhere else. Yes, uh, I'm going to be on Aussie and Rockfin and all that stuff. But all the good stuff, all at samtriply.com. My dates are all there. We have our own Discord now. Uh, we have all my shows are on there. All my shows. You can watch right there. You don't have to go all over the place. Where's this? Where's that? It's all on samtriply.com. You can get two of my premium content there. Zero and Tim Hat Patreon. All right there. Low, low prices. 
Okay, go check that out. You can now, even get the T-shirts there. Believe it or not, it's where he put everything in one place. Yeah, I'm gonna fix the that. I'm gonna fix that. It needs to be just cleaned up a little bit, but it's all there. SamTripley.com for all your Sam Tripley needs, man. Uh, again, and we're gonna start. I'm gonna start live streaming there. And Johnny and XG and I are gonna be opening up a kind of a, a, our own store where you can get all the stuff you need right there on SamTripley.com. Get it, love it, check it out. If you know, or if you don't want to go there, you can go to tinfoilhattshirts.com, grab your t shirts. I have some good shirts coming, he's working on a good one. I have a friend of mine in Australia working on a good one. So, uh, t shirts be a coming, t shirts be a coming. So, go check that out right there. Am I missing anything else? I mean, you got a lot of dates. Got Arizona. Arizona's coming up. Austin. Austin. Yeah, I'm doing the second week in Austin, uh, in April. So, I mean, it's all there, man. I'm very excited, and I'm very blessed. And uh, the website will be your one-stop shop. And it's on a server, right, that you can't fuck with. It's like tinfoil hat. and We gave- dare you to fuck with it. No, they- people have already tried, Johnny. <laughs> Don't do that, man. Denial of service attack. Come on. Come at no, us. No, don't, don't give do a it. Shit. Oh, it's mine. Don't do that, Johnny. <laughs> don't listen to Johnny. We got some good Hat hackers Johnny's. out there. Yeah. Okay, so go <laughs> check that out. And uh, so I'd love to see you. New new shows are coming all the time. And uh, check out. Uh, do, listen to me. You know the Unwanted is on fire. It's just starting to cook with gas. We did a great cryptids episode right there. Check that out wherever you listen to podcasts or on samtriplet.com. Broken Simulations there. Punch Drunk Sports there, yeah. even though somebody fought me on it. And then Cash Daddies are there as well. Just had Ari Shafir on uh, yeah. Punch Drunk. So he go. just released a new Zero. A new Zero's there. Zero's my spiritual podcast. Is It is available on Rockfin And you can well. still get Broken Simulation at patreon.com slash broken simulation. Or rockfin.com. A lot of bonus. A lot of bonus. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So we're going to do it soon. Go check it out. Uh, anything else, people? Have I missed anything? Uh, today's episode is is dedicated to my good friend, uh, my uncle, Russell, who uh, last night passed away, and it's pretty shocking and uh his his family my cousins the puscucci's are very very in, in a lot of pain right now and it's very interesting because you know the man was a lion he was a lion and as he got older he chilled and it just lets you know that no matter how chaotic you were at one point you can always come back around and, and find love and uh my aunt vicky is hurting right now and I just want to send her a lot of love. And I know we do this stuff a lot on the show lately. It's just like when you hit 40, man, it just, this is what happens. You start losing people that you love. So rest in peace, Uncle Russell Pascucci. I loved you. I learned a lot from you and learned a lot what not to do from you. And that's just the honest truth. And I love all your kids. They're all wonderful people. And uh, my heart goes out to them in particular. My aunt, who was with this guy since she was 17 years old, she's been with him 50 years. High school sweetheart. Isn't that crazy, dude? Oh, man. The cycle of life, man. Uncle Russell, I know you're in a better place. You're in a happy place. And I know we're going to meet again, hopefully in a different dimension. And uh, we'll do it again soon, my friend. I love you. It it was an honor to know you. And uh, see you on the other side, brother. Thank you.
All right, let's get started. Very excited to have this young lady on. She is a warrior for truth and what she believes in. She is a survivor of human trafficking. Please welcome Eliza Blue. How are you? Hi, how are you? Very excited and very honored to have you on. Thank you for doing it. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me for now at on Twitter at Eliza Blue. It's at E-L-I-Z-A-B-L-E-U. And then my favorite platform on planet Earth and Mars uh, is <laughs> Eliza.locals.com. So that's Eliza.locals.com. It's a free speech, censorship-free content creator platform, and that's where my blog lives, and that's where I prefer to be. Perfect. So uh, we will p- include that into the link so all of our listeners can find you. Uh, you know, I this show has been about five years old, and one of the oh, in in November will be five years, and one of the real big. I didn't it, even introduce myself. I'm so sorry. Okay, introduce yourself. I am so sorry. You asked me to tell people about myself, and I just like did it. Uh, I'm a survivor advocate. I am so sorry. I'm a survivor advocate for those affected by human trafficking. I am also a survivor of human trafficking, and uh, I stepped forward to become a public survivor leader in April 2020, and have not stopped fighting since. Well, wonderful, and we're thank you for what you do because. Uh, you know, like I said, the show's about five years old. It will be five years in in uh, November or December. And one of the big issues was something called Pizzagate, which got me really going into it. And then everybody wants to fight over. It. I'm not. I'm not really interested in that discussion. But you know, because I know what's out there. But th- that has been a real big issue for uh, this show and myself. I've helped you know with the all live child life matter movements and stuff like that. Uh, and I follow your your Twitter, and you're always in it to just push. I, I, what do you think is the biggest misconception about human trafficking when it comes to like the United States? Stranger danger by far is our uh, biggest misconception. When I say stranger danger, a lot of folks are really nervous about this stranger kidnapping. Uh, that's not what statistics and data show us uh, nationally. Nationally, we look about uh, about for the last 10 years, we've been looking at about 300 uh, getting kidnapped by someone that they're not related to. So, uh, and even though that's a lot and it's absolutely horrible and terrifying when it happens, uh, that is not necessarily what we're seeing on the ground, nor what we have seen. Uh, typically 92% are, um, of victims of human trafficking have a pre-existing relationship with their abuser. So we're looking at caregivers, uh, familiar, familial trafficking. And now uh, we're seeing quite a bit of folks meeting their traffickers, abusers, pimps, pedophiles on social media. So that is actually a bigger concern. So let's, uh, because we're going to get into that. That's a big chunk of what we want to talk about. Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff and how they're complicit in a lot of the, the, a lot of the trafficking going on. Uh, but let's hear your story. How did, what happened to you? So people know, you know, kind of like where you came from and why you're so passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately in my case, I was groomed at age 15. Uh, my particular vulnerability was that I was uh, homeschooled. So even though I don't look at that as a bad thing now, uh, I was homeschooled and uh, unfortunately I was, uh, didn't know how the world really was. So uh, I was awful. I was offered a modeling career or contract or <laughs> something that was not legit. 
in Hollywood, California, because I graduated early. I moved to Hollywood before I turned 18 and uh, I was trafficked. I was sex trafficked. So that was sort of the beginning of my journey. Um, It's unfortunate that that happened. What I've tried to do uh, now that I've had the opportunity to be free is uh, really turn it back on its head and use that horrible, tragic thing that happened to serve other survivors. Um, One thing that's been really incredible as a result of 2020 um, and everything that happened and is still happening, uh, it really sort of gave me an opportunity to step out. And that's when I started using social media to speak about what happened to me and then what's happening to other folks around the world. Uh, and we are definitely seeing a giant push. I know that you have been very vocal about uh, Pornhub and what's going on with Pornhub. I have my own theories on Pornhub. Uh, I've always thought that website blew up way too quickly, way too easily. And, you know, this is a conspiracy show. So, you know, the what kind well- you're in luck because I uh, <laughs> I can get my little hat out. Yeah, I might wear a hat. Maybe please like do. A little Michael Mount. Wait, wait, can you see? Okay, riddle trap. <laughs> there we go. You're in it, and that's why I appreciate. Hey, everybody! I want to tell you about our friends at Super Speciosha. Okay, this ad is for Super Speciosha, the makers of the finest cradium. Cradium. Kratom uh, products in America, a.k.a. the super leaf that the feds tried, yet thankfully failed to ban. Despite having no evidence to back it up, the government wants you to think it attempted to ban Kratom because it was bad for you. Did you ever think that maybe, just maybe, okay... It's because they're in bed with big pharmaceuticals, huh? Have you ever heard of Kratom? Yeah, it means the government's conspiracy is working, okay? If you haven't heard about it, the government's PR campaign is in full force, okay? The feds have been working tirelessly to ban this all-natural supplement to be used to manage pain, anxiety, and relieve stress, okay? Just think about it. why would Why would they want people having the ability to take one product that has so many benefits, man, when big pharmaceuticals can profit by hooking you on multiple expensive prescription drugs, okay? So, I mean, dude, has anyone here tried it? Yes, someone here has tried it. Johnny, what would you think of Kratom? It's a mood lifter. Yeah, it's for sure. It's got a very uh, sort of euphoric effect, I would say. And they got uh, powders. They got capsules. They got tea bags. Dude, they're whatever going, way you want it, whatever way you want. It. That's what I like about our friends over there. They give it to you any way you want. Super Speciosha. They give it to you any way you want it. Okay. So if you're feeling unwell physically or mentally unwell, try Kratom. As of now, it's still considered a legal alternative to controlled substance and it's safe. Don't let the government and big pharmaceuticals pseudocles spread false information about the super leaf okay super species super speciosha okay is it offers the purest highest quality and highest strength cranium on the market and right now they're offering 20 percent off when you use the promo code sam so give it a try and get it while you can go to Get superleaf.com slash sam to get 20 percent off your entire order okay and if you're not completely satisfied no problem super speciosa okay this is what they're gonna do this is what they're gonna do 
their 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 cradium is backed by a money back guarantee. Okay, go to getsuperleaf.com slash sam promo code sam for twenty percent off. One more time, let me get it right. Getsuperleaf.com slash sam. So I mean, so this thing goes from literally it, 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 the website was bragging and put out a meme that it reached. 50 million viewers or uh, uh, users before any website before it, meaning Facebook, Twitter, uh, any YouTube, it got there quicker. Whenever you see that something is, there's a, in my humble opinion, uh, based on doing this show, there's always an invisible hand behind it. And we start to see that now there's this, you know, pictures of real, really young people on this channel. And, it kind of creeps you out because, you know, I mean, I, I'm very vocal about my drug abuse, my sex addiction. And, you know, you'd be on there and you're like, I don't know if this is right. And it just their whole thing is like, how deep can they bring you into the bizarre? And that's a big part of what's going on. Can you tell us a little bit about your fight against Pornhub? Sure. Um, I'm not too concerned with uh, folks' specific fetishes, and I also don't have a problem with willing adult sex work, uh, nor am I anti-pornography. What I have a problem with is uh, children, uh, child sexual abuse material specifically, uh, and children that are being abused, human rights violations, and then posting non-consensual videos and uh, just videos of victims who have been trafficked into that. Uh, Like I said, I have absolutely no problem if folks want to willingly choose to do that work, um, you know, but I think we always need to draw the line at human rights violations. What we've seen in the case of Pornhub is that they've consistently turned their back on folks, uh, children that have been sexually exploited on their platform and also adults that had non-consensual videos of them um, spread across the internet. And so what we are seeing, so it's kind of interesting, actually, I got into the Pornhub situation very very late. And I'm almost a little bit embarrassed about it. Um, I was hesitant to speak out because I didn't know quite what was going on. Now that I know what's going on, it, it's, it's almost like I cannot not speak out about it. Does that make sense? Yes, it completely does. So and- they're being, so they're being sued right now by over a hundred uh, survivors. Uh, a lot of them children. Um, <laughs> Pornhub, There's so many things there. Uh, Pornhub claimed zero child sexual abuse material for over 10 years, the Canadian authorities. So Pornhub's owned by MindGeek. MindGeek is a Canadian company, and uh, they they claimed zero child sexual abuse material on their platform uh, for over 10 years uh, to either the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which would be our, our, you know, clearinghouse in the United States for child sexual abuse material, and to the Canadian authorities, um, this would be impossible at scale. Uh, so they claim that they were using the technology that's available, and I just don't see that that's adding up. So we will move ahead with this. Uh, tomorrow there's a big hearing that will be broadcast live. Sorry, I don't know when this specific podcast is going to air, but tomorrow on Thursday there's a big hearing that will be broadcast live. Um, it's not going to end well for them. It's not going to end well. And where will this be live so they could see it? Because this will be out tonight or uh, early morning on on tomorrow. Great. Uh, I believe that it is the uh, for Canadian Parliament. So Lila Micklewaite, who does Trafficking Hub, a lot of times folks get us confused. Um, 
you know, Alila Micklewait, who does Trafficking Hub, she predominantly only serves survivors of Pornhub. Um, we are friendly, but we don't work together. So um, sometimes folks think that we work together. I kind of do my own thing, and we have a crossover where we just really don't think that child sexual abuse materials should be allowed on these platforms. And we also don't think that they're being aggressive enough when victims reach out and uh, request that this material be taken down. You know, again, conspiracy, we see a lot of people in the truth community talking about how there is this push for pedophilia, the normalized pedophilia. Do you think that there's any validity to that? A hundred percent, yes. And I mean, we saw with the kids on uh, Netflix, which cost them a billion dollars, which cost them a billion dollars. They didn't and- care. Well, they did. I don't know if it's still on there. It's I haven't seen. Is it really? Cuties. Yeah, cuties. See, here's the problem with Facebook and Netflix and all these things. It's like they they make so much money around the world that, and they take all that money and just use it to manipulate the United States. So even if everybody stopped going to any of these websites, they make so much money in Latin America, Europe, Asia, all these places, and they just use this to manipulate us politically into like what they want us to do. And what I'm really proud of is that, I and maybe I'd love to hear your opinion on it, Eliza, is like, does there seem to be a movement to reject this stuff? I mean, like... Uh, like cuties really got a reaction from most of the community of not just truthers, but just like parents and stuff like that, that they pulled their money out and they, they did see a hit. And yes, if you're making 20 billion, does a billion mean something? I think a billion means something to anybody. I don't care who you are. That's a big hit. What are your thoughts on that? Liza? Well, I was extremely vocal when that situation went down. Um, you know, what really blew my mind about that is that, they all doubled down like the CEO of uh, Netflix doubled down on that. Um, So a few things can be true at once, right? Um, That art, because I love filmmaking. I love art. I love, you know, creative expression. That art could have been made without uh, hypersexualizing and oversexualizing children, real life children. Uh, The analogy that I was using at the time was that, uh, that you don't have to, beat or kill an animal to uh, portray that you're talking about animal rights. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to actually do the act uh, to, if, especially if you're a good director and really good artist. Um, I tried to reach out to the director of that film to see if it could be recreated in a trauma informed way that would be um, more conscientious of children, not hypersexualizing, not over sexualizing them and um, really tell the story because I do believe in my heart that the story is something that needs to be told, but if they cannot create this art without over sexualizing and hypersexualizing children, then it can, then it can't be done. Then you're not really um, a true artist as far as I'm concerned. Um, but one thing that I saw and, and I, that was a, an interesting time for me because I really got thrown into the conversation and I continued to throw myself into the conversation. And I wasn't the only survivor that spoke out. Uh, one of the Epstein survivors, one of the public Epstein survivors, Teresa J. Helm and I were both interviewed for the daily wire about this. Um, you know, it, it's very triggering for survivors of sexual assault 
uh, and especially folks that were uh, sexually assaulted as minors to see that uh, hypersexualized material. There's another caveat as well. Um, you know, Netflix, we should think of as sort of a safe uh, platform. Like you could watch Netflix with your uncle as a child, right? Um, and watching those hypersexualized uh, moves where they're petting their private parts, um, that is basically the exact opposite when I'm speaking to the youth of ways that uh, I would consider like a safe touch. So that's it's basically the exact opposite of what we would want. Uh, I, could, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, the, the the creepers out there, they're like, oh, children are sexual. They, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, you know, a child explores sexuality with another child. And that's a natural occurrence. I mean, we we all had some interesting, you know, sexual uh, activity in high school. And some of us earlier than others. I was sexually active very, very early. And then, I, you know, I had, you know, a, a child molestation in my story. Um, Larry Watts, Father Dan, those were all like stories that happened to me. One, The second one didn't, but it got close. The other one did. Uh, but you know, it's like, I, I, I don't know why, but you know, I was early, I was sexualized early, you know? And like, there are people who like, you know, you start fooling around with the kids that you are growing up with. That's, that's kind of, but when an adult comes in, okay, when an adult comes in, you are playing mind tricks on somebody who does not know what's going on. You are manipulating them. You are putting them in an activity that their body, their spirit and their mind don't understand what is happening. And it's not your job to do that. It's like kids grow up together and they learn. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit there going, oh, man, kids don't fool around like that. But an adult has no right to do that. And when you're an adult doing that to a child, you're a punk-ass bitch, man, because you can't talk to real women or real men if you're gay. You have to, you have to manipulate people who are mentally small, mentally uh, less advanced than you at that moment. And that's what it is. And whenever I see these pedophiles, man, they all have the same look on. They all have the same look. The super beta cuck energy because they can't look you in the eye. They can't. They can't push back. So they got to do it with kids because they're bigger than them and they're mentally stronger than them at that moment. And that's why they do that. So I can always like, I don't know, man. I have this instinct and I can always check it. I can always have a feel for stuff because everyone's got energy. And we see it happening right now in Hollywood. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You know, YouTube, before I, I, I heard of you, Eliza, you know, YouTube had a real big problem with some uh, underage stuff going on and they wouldn't take it down. And the question is, why aren't they taking it down? And I think they purposely put that up there. And this is, again, conspiratorial so that they can figure out who the pedophiles are and in case they can manipulate these people because we see them blackmailing these people and allowing them to get away with shit. All the time. And it is my belief that poor pedophiles go to jail and rich ones get protected. And we see it happening all the time in Hollywood, man. I want to know about your story. And I know you got into a little bit. And if you're comfortable with it, you could tell us like how you ended up into traffic. Yeah, I I uh, was groomed at age 15. So I met a photographer at the Vans Warp Tour and they groomed me for two years. So this is back in the time before cell phones and the internet. Uh, I turned 40 in May. So uh, this is quite a while ago. And, uh, okay. you know, we, 
If you don't want to get into your story either, we don't have to do that. So if you're not comfortable with that, I'm okay with you not talking about if your story. I don't want to make you talk about anything you don't want to talk about. I mean, it's already out there. It's not like <laughs> it's already out there. It's it's not like that. Uh, and, and I don't mind talking about it because it seems like every time I tell a little bit of my story, um, and this is one of the most amazing things about the last year of my life, is that it's like every time I tell it, uh, more survivors feel a um, connection and they want to step forward. So it's kind of like I don't in- enjoy telling it. Actually, I think I'm much stronger speaking about other issues. Um, Let's do that. I don't, yeah, I don't prefer it. But uh, if it helps one survivor, like I think that's worth it. So uh, again, if if you don't want to, I'm totally fine with that. I'm sorry. I didn't get the notes till a little later because that's (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I put in the notes. I said, I don't even really want to talk about my story. So I'm going to be talking to my uh, booker about getting me the notes on time next time. (laughs) You're good. You're good. No, I mean, the the truth is that I feel, and this is just me, um, that that my story is, to me, it is the least interesting. And I like to focus on the advocacy because it gives us like possible solutions. Like we all know this is a problem, you know? So it's like, I, I'm like, man, what can we talk about solutions? Can we talk about ways that folks can get involved? Not just from you. I just never felt a need to focus solely on my story. I also come from the school of thought that cherry picking one story isn't enough. So that's why I like to look at the data and statistics as a whole of what we're seeing globally, what we're looking at in the United States, what we're talking about with these platforms. So it's not that like I have a problem telling my story necessarily it's just like i want to get the word out that we can do something so that's that that's kind of what happened but they really groomed me um and for a prolonged period of time and now unfortunately today things happen a lot faster you know with social media with the internet um when a predator encounters a, a victim or someone who's vulnerable they that grooming process happens at a rapid speed where it took me uh two years to get groomed in some cases it's a matter of a couple hours before a victim is groomed in the way that i was uh, a lot of times actually you know um i was watching the 60 minutes with jane doe uh, Jane Doe is suing Facebook right now, and her her story and my story are very similar. She was groomed on Facebook. Um, it's just it, when you speed up the, you know, when you speed it up to modern day times, that's what it looks like now. Um, Can you explain really- grooming to us for those who might not be familiar with that term? Yeah, grooming is this process that a you know predator pedophile abusers where they start collecting information on you to be used to you for against you later on they start figuring out your vulnerabilities they act like they like you they start selling you the dream this can happen in labor trafficking um even even when we're talking about the border you know folks will figure out what your vulnerabilities are and then use that against you later on so um that's it's it's this process where they sort of are finessing you sweet talking you and really getting you to trust them and that's how it starts so what is uh what are some of the facts and figures you you have on uh, what's going on in social media 
Um, well, uh, 95% of child sexual abuse material in 2020 was reported from Facebook. Um, wow. Uh, the total images and videos reported to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in 2020 was 65 million, 65 million images and videos. Um, in my mind, I think that Facebook does the best. Unfortunately, moving ahead, they're leaning more towards end-to-end encryption, which will make it virtually impossible for us to detect this child sexual abuse material. Um, Why would they do that? To protect their, like, your rights, your privacy, technically. That's what people are fighting for. Like, they're not going to be able to see your DMs, basically your DMs. It also means they don't have to go to war war with the government every time they have a warrant. You know, they can say, well, it's encrypted, you know. It's It's not our job. Yeah, it's not our yeah, so it's it's like absolutely perfect in most ways, except for in this way. We will uh, moving ahead. We will lose. That's the truth. Oh man, that makes me so sad. Yeah, it's one or the other. Can't have both type of thing. Exactly. Yep, you nailed it. So um, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is um, absolutely horrific. Uh, by the way, uh, Pornhub, Twitter, and Facebook are all being sued by minor victims of human trafficking and child sexual exploitation. So um, this is uh, not a new conversation. I'm excited that these uh, minor survivors are fighting back. But wow, uh, what, where, where are we at as a, as a society and as a world where these minor victims have to re-traumatize themselves by suing these platforms because these platforms consistently decide to turn a blind eye? Um, I think that that should be an indicator of really what's going on. It's really unbelievable, you know, if you say something really mean on Twitter, you can get banned for seven days. I mean, the things I've said that aren't even that bad that I get banned for, and the fact that you have to take them to court for these things is unbelievable to me. And it's it just like I just think there's some something darker than just like we're too big. We can't we can't control everything, really, because whenever I use the C word on Twitter, you seem to know it instantly <laughs> like it's the bat signal to fucking blocking. Right. I just I, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. And it's just super tragic. And <sighs> listen, I don't I don't try to attribute. So I think that this is, a you know, and actually I have. I definitely have a lot to say about the, what do you call it? Truthers? Yeah. Is that the, is, yeah. okay. Truthers. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of folks really try this like moral angle. Um, and I'm not saying you are, I'm, that's not, I'm sorry. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'll use the word truther later. Um, you use it. I, I'm fine. But a lot of folks, uh, you know, try this moral angle, like, okay, is it evil? Is it this? Is it that? Um, I don't have time to play the moral game um, because we all have different ideas of what morality means, right? So if I'm speaking to uh, someone from a different part of the world, maybe somebody with a different religious belief or somebody with a different political belief, we might not come together on what we think is moral. But what we can do is we can look at the laws, we can look at the facts, and we can look at human rights. They are profiting off of human rights violations. We have multiple evidence of this. And instead of doing the right thing, especially in John Doe's case right now, and Facebook did the same thing uh, to the three minor uh, survivors that are suing them. Uh, Instead of doing the right thing by John Doe, the minor survivor of Twitter, 
um, they tried to have the case dismissed, you know, instead of just saying like, yeah, we, wow, we really messed up. We're going to make big changes. So I look at things like that. I try not to play the moral game. I try not to use words like evil. Um, even though in my gut, I feel that it has that, uh, feeling to it. But to me, that doesn't speak. What speaks to me is the facts. And the facts are that all of these platforms have a massive child sexual abuse material and human trafficking problem on their platforms, and they're refusing to handle it at scale. You would think that protecting children on their platforms would be a top priority, especially considering the fact that they all claim to care about vulnerable populations. And data and statistics show us that our vulnerable populations are disproportionately affected by these crimes. And when I say vulnerable populations, I'm talking about indigenous girls, LGBTQ+, black girls. You know, um, these are all folks that are disproportionately affected by these crimes. And these are all the... um, the vulnerable populations that these platforms claim to care about. And yet they're consistently turning a blind eye to the specific piece. I could not agree more. And, um, you know, I've had people come on the show talking about the disappearance of native American women on, on, on their, their reservations that nobody talks about. They, they have no voice anywhere. And that's why I try to use this show to give them a voice so people understand that this is really going on out there. And you're totally right, man. And in some cultures, man, just the vulnerable, sex with the vulnerable seem to be less of an issue than with others. And it usually tends to involve powerful people and maybe... It's just forbidden fruit that they seem to be, they, they can get all this. I mean, I don't want this to sound cruel, but I'm trying to figure it out why it always seems to be, you know, uh, there just seems to be like rich, rich men seem to get away with this all the fucking time, all the time. And, you know, I'm very, very, I I, I don't, I'm against all human trafficking, whether it's women for sex or men for labor, what we see going on in Libya right now with open air slave trades and that nobody seems to care about at all. I don't understand it on a human level why you don't want to allow people to live freely, even though that's all we hear about is how we don't let people live freely in this country. It's such a weird thing, but I could not agree more about the powerlessness of some of these people. And that nobody has a voice. And they need harder sentences. And rapists, pedophiles, rapists need harder sentences. How is it that you can sell drugs and do more time than a pedophile rapist? I couldn't agree more. That there, makes no fucking sense to me there's at all. A, there's people. I wish, they, I wish they let all the uh, petty crime, low level crime, low level drug dealers out and just put all the you know all the pimps, pedophiles, traffickers, abusers away. Yeah. You know. Does anyone remember when, like, a year ago, they're like, yeah, we're letting out all these violent criminals because we need to make (laughs) space for corona? I'm like, what? And then some of them are pedophiles. And I'm like, what in what world does a virus allow you to let pedophiles out? Uh, It's very interesting. I want to get into, because I have some stuff that I want to talk about in a few, after we get through a couple of things you want to talk about. Um, Jane, John Doe cases. What are, why... Uh, I, uh, my question is, and I'm gonna come off because I realize I could be wrong on something. Uh, oh, finally, cats! There's never enough cats in podcasting. Thank you for letting him join us. We love it. I have another podcast with a cat man, so we're all about cats. I'm all about cats. Maybe the cat just saved me right there. Um, 
tell me about some of these John Doe cases and what we should uh, what we should do and how we can support. Wow. Um, John Doe, what a heartbreaking situation. This young man was sexually exploited at age 13. His sexual exploitation, the video of his sexual exploitation ended up on Twitter. In the first day, it was watched over 160,000 times. It was shared over 2,000 times. John Doe repeatedly asked Twitter to take this video down. He contacted them multiple times. After his repeated attempts... Uh, Twitter wrote back and told told him, who, by the way, John Doe was and is still a minor today. Unbelievable. That it did not violate, that after review, it did not violate their terms of service. It took the Department of Homeland Security to step in to get Twitter to remove this video. This young man was on the brink of suicide. This young man's brave enough to uh, be suing Twitter. He's suing them. Uh, he's represented by the National Center on Sexual Exploitation Law and Lisa Haba. Lisa Haba is also representing the NIGARD, some of the NIGARD survivors as well. Um, very powerful force. Um, and Twitter tried to have the case dismissed, citing Section 230 protection. But it won't work in this case because uh, FOSS assessed as a Section 230 amendment that was signed into effect in 2018. Um, Twitter knowingly profited off of John Doe's child sexual abuse material. And uh, they will pay handsomely for this mistake. How about Pornhub, which said that it reviews every video that comes up? Like, that, that under, seems- oath. under oath. <laughs> they said that under oath. What a joke. They're such a joke. It's, I mean, I'm going to keep, you know, on it with Pornhub. Uh, but to me... That's as good as a done deal. I mean, they, I don't even know why they're even fighting it at this point. Uh, it's just getting worse and worse. Um, it's absolutely horrible what they're doing to uh, survivors of these crimes. And uh, the only good thing that I can see about the John Doe case and Twitter being such jerks and Pornhub being such jerks is that it continues to, this is the only good thing I can see coming from it. Uh, is that it continues to keep it in the public eye and it's giving more op- more survivors an opportunity to step forward and then get a, be a part of these class action lawsuits. That's really the only good thing that's coming from it. And what I would hope that these platforms would do would be to make broad scale changes that they're fully capable of doing. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I mean, you got this crazy stuff going on in Nevada where they're they're allowing these tech companies to start their own countries. Have you seen this? Like, it's so it's such a bizarre world. Like this testing ground for their own cities. But I want to get into uh, you know for the last four years since when a little over four years when Trump gets elected, we see the rise of the Me Too movement and and the Believe All Women situation. And then what seems to be uh, this kind of, which is led by, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm willing to take L's on this, uh, elite white women, right? We're going to say uh, female actresses, comedians, uh, who, and a lot of them are, are, have very good careers going on. And they've talked about how hard it is 
to be a woman in Hollywood. You know, it starts off with Louis C.K. And then we start getting into this kind of thing where it's like sexual advances now. These This Me Too movement is trying to make sexual advances the same thing as uh, sexual assault. But yet they seem to really not be vocal when it involves sex trafficking and when it involves, in particular, pedophilia. Because it seems to be they're very vocal when it comes to them getting opportunities for more work. But when it comes to like people who aren't in the Hollywood system, who are super vulnerable, they don't seem to be as vocal. Am I wrong on that? A lot to unpack there. So Me Too was started by a, a black woman actress. Um, it was... So I wasn't as much on the internet at the time of me too. Um, I don't really like their energy. I don't like the energy, not of the woman that started it. I think uh, she's really amazing. And I think her heart's in the right place. What happened is that it was politically co-opted. There's so many uh, things to be. So there's a lot there. I'm grateful that a lot of survivors felt camaraderie and uh, felt that they had an opportunity to step forward um, and really in an effort to hopefully receive some healing. Uh, where we're getting really scary territory is where um, we live in a society where folks can't even compliment each other. Uh, you know, it gets really scary. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm a straight woman. I'm single. Like, I don't want to live in a world where a man can't tell me I look nice, you know, um, where I would where then they feel like they're going to be thrown under the rug or you know what I mean? I don't want to live in that world. Um, I think consent is very important. Of course, I'm a survivor advocate. I'm also a survivor. So that's extremely important to me. And I think healthy boundaries are extremely important. Um But to answer your question, they are crickets whenever it comes to human trafficking. They've been crickets on John Doe, except for one of the uh, women that was the founding members, which is Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan has spoken out on, you know, spoken out and stood by John Doe. Um, She's tweeted about it. And she's also stood by me. So there are some folks. But on the flip side, uh, Rose McGowan was shunned by um, by me, too. Uh, so it's politically motivated and I don't have time for it. That's why I really don't bother with them like that. Um, but there are some things that I do appreciate about the original movement. That's why I make such an effort to keep my message as pure as possible and try not to divert from anything else. It's really hard sometimes for me to keep it pure. Um, cause I, I would love to be in every conversation and they're just like duking it out. But that gets the message mixed up. The message is um, that child sexual exploitation is wrong, human rights violations are wrong, and human trafficking is wrong. And it doesn't matter if it comes in the form of labor trafficking, sex trafficking, it's wrong. So uh, that's why I just try to keep my message really pure. A lot of times folks try to get me into the uh, porn conversation or whatever. I don't have time for that. I'd rather just keep the message pure. I watch some of the other movements unfold, like Me Too and other similar movements. And I, I feel that because they didn't make an effort to keep it pure, it, it ultimately destroyed uh, something amazing that they could have done. And um, I apologize because I have to go in like eight, nine minutes. That's so I, I, I wanted to... Um, 
real, real quickly. I just want to make sure I get something said before, like, I don't want to lose, lose track of anything. Um, I, I want to remind folks, since this is a truther environment, um, and I love that energy, like keep it up. I think that's cool. You know, I have no qualms with that. Um, my only thing with the truthers is, um, there's not a lot that we can do about the global elites. Um, there's not a lot we can do about that, but what we can do is serve survivors of these crimes and learn as much about human trafficking as possible. Um, I don't mind when folks come in with different, um, takes on things. But my, my only thing is that when we sort of shift the conversation, and I don't feel that you were doing this, but this is like my message. If I could speak to, um, I guess, truthers, <laughs> I guess I would say, you know, I know it stinks that we have this issue with the global elites. I'm close with the Epstein, some of the Epstein survivors. We work together. We talk almost every day. Like, trust me, it's a really, really big deal. Um, it's going to be really hard to get these global elites, but what we can do is serve survivors like one survivor at a time and learn as much about the crime as a whole and put out facts, facts, data, and statistics that we have been collecting over the period um, of the last 10 years, at least. I totally understand what you're saying. And I, have- I, by the way, thank you for all your support. Cause you've been very, very supportive and I noticed it and I appreciate it very, very much. Once you got hip to me, you were like on it. And that means so much. I didn't realize that you were also a survivor and I appreciate you sharing that as well. No that problem. No problem. I just want to end on this real quick. Cause you tweeted something that I think was very important. And then what did what, I tweet? <laughs> well, you were tweeting about, about, False. Listen, man, I don't I hate the discussion of false accusations because it takes away from actual survivors. But I think that's a big issue that we are seeing that a lot of people coming forward and and saying stuff and there's zero proof of it. And people are getting kneecapped and their their lives are being destroyed. And it's like, I, I, I think somebody being sexually assaulted and traffic is awful. I think somebody being accused of it when it's not there is equally damaging. And I think it does a lot of damage to us believing. So when someone comes forward, there, there tends to be now this giant pushback. And it sucks. But it's all from the fact that over the last four years, the uh, a lot of people come forward with questionable accusations and people's lives destroyed. So, so, so we had a situation, obviously I'm friends with some guys uh, who have been accused of some stuff. And if I didn't believe them, I, I wouldn't be working with my one particular friend, but you know, I had a conversation with a buddy, uh, a friend of mine, a woman, and she was very vocal that some were committing sexual assault versus, uh, uh, women, grown adult women, but was very afraid to come forward and say anything about another guy I know who's been accused of pedophilia with more evidence than any of the other ones. And her whole notion was, well, you could get sued if you accuse him of that. And for me, I mean, I am very much, I have two daughters. They are one years old each. Those kids have no say in what they do. If mommy and daddy say it's bedtime, it is bedtime. They're going to bed. They have no say in this. And I live in a world, in a city, where people make kitty porn jokes. And they get really mad if you make off-colored racial jokes, feminine jokes, whatever. But they all laugh at kitty porn jokes. And 
I just do not understand because we live in this society where, you know, this thing, this stupid thing called punching up and punching down, which makes no sense well, because that assumes you know you, where they're from. But go on. One, one thing, sorry, I just want to back up a little bit there. So it will always be difficult for folks to understand that we're not dealing with humans that are uh, working within the same framework of reality that we are. Um, so that's why they don't see it as a problem. Um, they're not dealing with the same reality. So that's why they feel like comfortable making jokes or whatever about um, child sexual exploitation. Um, that's, we're not like, and, and I think it took me a long time to realize that. Like, so now when I think about uh, folks that are committing these crimes, I think about them um, almost in the same way I view um, like Nazi Germany. Like, how could that happen? Or like slavery in the United States, how could that happen? This isn't, they're not working with the same mind that we are. It's like a sick, different mind. So we always have to remember that, like, we're dealing with normal, like, that wouldn't be normal to us. If we saw that, we'd be like, hey, that's absolutely horrible. Like, that's not the right thing. But they're not working within the same framework of reality. Um so I don't even try to figure it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's what brings me to my final question to you before you got to go is yeah. this. I, I follow your Twitter. You're very, you go hard in the paint constantly. <laughs> okay. But do you find happiness in your life in other things? Are you able to take a step away from this fight? Be, you know, the, the, the old saying is if you look into the abyss, no, the abyss is looking into you. Do you have time where you are happy uh, and can step away from this and not allow this burden not, and not that burdens may be wrong, but this, this fight to consume you and enjoy your journey in your life that you are going on right now during this time that you're in this realm. Very rarely, but I think there's something important or an important nuance that serving survivors does make me happy. That is where I'm happy. I don't have kids of my own. Uh, if I had children of my own, my life would look different today. Um, serving survivors is by far um, the best thing that's ever happened to me. All right, man. Well, this was been. Besides old. being an aunt, I, I, I'm an aunt. I do have a lot of things that I do for fun, um, and I have really good friends. And uh, I have folks that I pay attention to on Twitter for fun. And I have uh, little hobbies and things like that. Um, I'm really close with my family, too, on top of it. Uh, and maybe there's a mild chance that for fun, I am a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know you got to go. This is it. If people want to help, how can they help survivors? Final question. I think it's the most important one. How can they help survivors? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's my favorite question. I always let folks know, use their time, talent, or treasure to serve survivors. You can look up uh, an organization that's close by you. Uh, the Polaris Project, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, has a list of organizations that would be close to you from within the United States. Very frequently, I post a list of over 2,000 organizations uh, around the world, globally, that serve survivors of human trafficking. You might not have money, but you might have a skill. And I can tell you, no matter what your skill is, we need it in the survivor space. Um, if you're a carpenter, call up your 
your local survivor safe house. Ask if you if they need some repairs done around. It doesn't mean that you need to be trained to uh, serve survivors. You may you will not, not even see a survivor. Ask if you can drop off a bag of groceries, a bag of socks. Um, you know, these are all ways that people can serve survivors. If you cut hair, uh, get you know uh, get your skill set so that you can serve survivors, and then. Offer to cut their hair or get them ready for a job interview. Uh, We need everything. And I firmly believe, and then I have to go for real, and I appreciate you having me on, that uh, we should not be waiting for the government to solve this problem for us, um, that this is something we really need to step up and really do ourselves. All right, Liza Blue, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for all the support. I appreciate it very much. We'll do it again soon. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Great show. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for helping. Bye. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.